The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. Our topic for this episode is on grief. And I wanted to start off by stating this is what we're going to discuss on this episode because I know that it can be a trigger for some. Uh, so I totally understand if you have to click out of this episode, if you you know can't hear it, uh, if you're going through um some difficult times and maybe this is not the right time to uh, kind of unpack your emotions. But I would say um, based on what I'm going to cover on this episode, this will be really uh, helpful to understand grief during infertility. So I realized in season one, I discussed grace in or grace during infertility. And I wanted to tie this to kind of a series of episodes where I discuss things that I have experienced in this journey. Uh, Grief is a funny thing. I'm not saying that it's laughable, um, but the process in itself with dealing with grief uh, has a lot of ebbs and flows. And what I've realized is with grief, one moment you will think you're fine and the next moment you are crying uncontrollably. uncontrollably. In uh, 2018, uh, my my paternal uh, grandmother, so my grandmother on my father's side, she passed away in, um, I believe, April or May of that year. And months later, my maternal grandfather, uh, so my grandfather on my mother's side, passed away in the fall. And I really found myself in a constant state of dealing with grief. Uh, In 2018, I dealt with the two deaths of my grandparents and when I say dealt with I I I use that term very loosely uh because there's time periods where I remember certain things and it just kind of brings me back to you know you know memories that we shared um you know little quirks about them things that they like to do their phrases stories and that sort of thing and so um you know, that's why I say grief is a funny thing because you can feel like, hey, I've processed this and then it kind of rears its ugly head again and you're, you're continually going through um, those set of emotions. So in 2018, that's what I was dealing with. And last year, 2019, I experienced two miscarriages, one in the beginning of the year and one in the fall. So um, in both years, as I'm looking at them in parallel, it's like I went through, you know, a lot of ups and downs and processing my thoughts, my emotions. And uh, I hope that this episode provides some guidance as I'm going to use this as an opportunity to 
serve as an update of where I am in my uh, infertility journey. And also uh, my hope is that I shine some light on grief and the grieving process. So depending on which model you look at in regards to grief, there can be uh, five stages of, of grief or seven stages of grief. So for, for the seven stages, it includes uh, shock, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, testing, and acceptance. And I experienced all those things except testing. Uh, during the shock you know, phase, I went through a time period where I felt completely paralyzed and emotionless. Um, I know that some people can relate to this. It's like when you've cried so much, like you don't even have any tears left, you know? Um, I became numb with everything that was going on around me. And although some uh, of the examples showcase the seven stages of grief, um, I'll be focusing on five stages, which include denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So grief to me is not only experienced in a loss of a loved one. Uh, it can be experienced from, in my opinion, during a loss period, no matter what it is, a loss of a relationship, friendship, um, maybe you know not reaching a goal or obtaining a goal. So grief can be um, experienced uh, when, when you have that disconnect or that loss or you experience that loss. So I also um, want to note that people who are grieving, they do not necessarily go through all of the stages in a specific order um, or do they experience them all. Um, an individual can just go through, you know, denial, anger, and acceptance you know so you don't have to go through all of the 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 stages but uh the stages are defined for you know most of the the phases and individual experiences during the grieving process so the important thing that i want to say in regards to grieving is do not rush the process and do not allow anyone to rush you through the process um you know don't go through it quickly and not obtain the healing that needs to take place uh, during the season of grieving. So take your time to go through emotions and also realize you may not experience each one, but whatever you do experience, allow yourself to go through it and be okay with going through it and knowing that it is part of the process. And also realize that it is okay not to be okay. And I had to come to that place. Um, and I think there's like a song that says that, you know, maybe it's okay not to be okay. And I think a lot of times we put up a front or we put on that mask of laughing, of smiling and, and trying to be engaged. But there are some seasons where you, you just realize, hey, it's okay not to be okay. And if I don't want to go and be around people and I don't want to, you know, put myself through certain, you know, situations or celebrations or what have you, 
uh, allow yourself the grace enough to uh, make that decision and be okay with not being okay. Uh, what I would advise is, you know, don't, if you see that it's taking like a long time, don't stay in it too long. You know, I think I've said this multiple times on this podcast. If you have, you know, the opportunity to get a mental health counselor, to get a psychologist, a psychiatrist, or what have you, you know, take the steps to make sure that you're okay mentally because a lot of the things that we go through are very taxing and we oftentimes just sweep things under the rug. That was completely um, not part of my notes, but um, I think it's important to say that, that uh, it's important to make sure that you're mentally healthy. Uh, We focus on the physical health and spiritual health, which is is all important, but uh, the mental health is, is just as important as all the others. So it's okay not to be okay. So I'm going to start off with denial. Um, like I said, we're going to um, focus on five stages of um, the grieving process, which is denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. So with denial, um, I remember um, early on in my journey and even, you know, last year, um, remembering and saying to my, you know, and remember thinking, you know, I can't believe this is happening or this can't be happening. Uh, and it's a normal reaction to rationalize our emotions and our emotions can be quite overwhelming when we are experiencing a loss of any kind. So I remember thinking, this isn't happening. Like I am not having a miscarriage. I am not going through this season of uh, infertility Um and I remember thinking and speaking to God and saying, like, I can't believe this is happening to me. I spent seven years in a waiting season only to progress, you know, and get married and then find myself in another waiting season. Um, and it was frustrating. And I was just like, this isn't happening. Like, you know, why is this happening to me? You know, and this stage caused me to want to isolate myself, um, not to be around people and not to go out. And uh, there are many people who noticed that and who picked up on that, who really encouraged me to like, hey, let's just go out to eat or, you know, can I come over? Um, and that sort of thing. And just to keep me kind of engaged um, in the present moment and not focusing on you know, solely on what was going wrong, but focusing on what was going right. And this also ties to, you know, depression when you talk about isolation. Uh, and I'll discuss um, depression and isolation in a, in a bit. Uh, the thing about denial is it is a common defense mechanism and it buffers the immediate shock of the loss. And it's an incense. It's like numbing our emotions and we tend to block out the words and hide from the facts and what's actually happening. Um, and I go back to that time period when, um, I was told that, you know, I had miscarried after, uh, having my blood drawn, uh, for HCG levels and being told that, you know, it's it's now down to zero. And so, you know, you officially have had a miscarriage. And so I just, you know, go back to that time and I'm like, no, like, 
and I was staring at the results. I was staring at those numbers and it was um, a time period of like denial, like this isn't happening, like this is just a bad dream. Um, and so we really tend to block out, you know, the words and, and what is actually happening. And so uh, denial is part of the grieving process. And for most um, people experiencing grief, this stage is a temporary response that carries us through pretty much the first wave of pain. Um, And so when you receive the news, your, your, you know, immediate reaction may be like, this isn't happening or this isn't true. And I'm going to get a second opinion and, and that sort of thing. The second, um, uh, stage and again it's not in any order um, I just kind of put it in order of how I experienced it so anger um, and anger was really uh, a short time period but it's definitely emotion, an emotion that was truly felt uh, anger is a slippery so- slope and I'm really happy to say that I didn't get stuck in this phase um, very long because anger can cause you to do things that are um, hurtful and um, inappropriate. And so when you do not deal with your anger, it causes you to do the wrong things. So as um, the masking effects of denial and isolation begin to wear off, we see that reality hits and the pain reemerges, and it it can sometimes transform into anger. And anger is an int- intense emotion. And during the grief process, it is oftentimes deflected from our vulnerable core and then redirected and expressed in anger. And the anger may be at, a, at an object. You may take something and throw it. Um, It may be to complete strangers. So while you're driving, uh, you're having some road rage. Uh, It can be even to people who are close to you, your family and your friends. And so during my phase of anger um, in this journey of uh, walking in fertility, I even became, to be honest, you know, angry with um, not only myself, but even my husband and um, I felt um, at one point, you know, that I was, I, you know, and it, it's definitely a lie from the enemy and people who walk through this season, they totally get it and understand it. But I felt like I was on this journey alone. I was the one, you know, with all the doctor's appointments. I was the one, you know, getting my blood drawn ever so often. I was the one with, you know, getting poked and prodded and and going through a battery of of tests. And um, so I definitely grew some anger and resentment because I felt like I was going through this alone. And I think I shared on one of the podcasts, I believe, the episodes where I stated there was one um, blood test that I took and there were about seven or eight vials. Um, Some of them were really large um, vials of blood withdrawn. And I was um, first shocked when they pulled out all the vials that they needed me to fill with my blood. And I... Um, after they, you know, withdrew the blood, I was sweating. I was feeling really nauseous, really ill and had to remain in the office for a little bit just to kind of 
get my bearings, get my composure and, um, you know, be okay. And so I became really angry um, and angry as to why I had to take all the tests, why I was going through this in, in the first place. Um, you know, why am I going to all these doctor's appointments? Why am I feeling like no one understands? And then the other thing I was angry about, which is something I should honestly be happy about, I'm happy about it now, is, um, you know, I was angry because they couldn't find anything wrong with me. So I'm doing all of this, these tests, I'm driving to like, you know, all these appointments that were never, you know, not close to my house, not close to my job. And, you know, all of my tests were coming back fine. And so I was even angry about something that I should not have been angry about. And I'm, you know, right now I'm definitely at a better place. And I thank God that everything came back fine and everything came back in its normal ranges. But it's to show you as you're going through, um, you know, the grieving process, what can take place um, and what you can experience. And so I was um, definitely getting tired of the drives, you know, you know, um, getting my blood drawn, even though I have, you know, good veins, um, as they said, every single time I was getting my blood drawn, I was, you know, getting really angry and really tired of, of going through that process and going through that season. So although this phase was hard um, for me because I'm truly not an angry person, um, I realized it was part of the grieving process and I had to acknowledge it and understand the root cause of where my anger was um, stemming from. And so the next phase is bargaining. And so the normal reaction of feelings of helplessness and vulnerability is often a need to regain control. And I have already uh, confirmed this on this podcast that I am a control freak and I know I have some fellow control freaks out there. So um, when I really realize like, hey, this is out of my control. I have done what I can do. Um, I'm still working on myself in so many aspects, but I began to really bargain with God um, because I wanted to regain control in an area that I realized I have no control over. So um, I went through a series of thoughts, a series of statements um, during this phase. And uh, I would say, you know, uh, if only I had gotten married earlier, uh, if only we paid for the, you know, fertility doctor or those exams early on. Uh, if only maybe we could try to uh, go through the IVF process and, and save money to go through the IVF process. Uh, if only, you know, my husband and I, if we weren't in stressful jobs, you know, maybe I could have sustained uh, a pregnancy. And so I went through all of these bargaining things and even like, okay, God, if I do this, um, I know you'll bless my womb. And so um, this is an attempt to bargain. And in this phase, you know, sometimes we secretly make a deal with God in an, in an, an attempt to gain what we want to obtain. 
And so we go through this series of God, I will do X, Y, and Z if you do X, Y, and Z. So God, I will do X, Y, and Z if you bless my womb. And I said that several times. I um, know there were certain things that I definitely had to um, get in line with as far as what God wanted me to complete in this season. And it's still something that is in progress, uh, but will come into fruition uh, soon enough. And so there's certain things within my ministry, within, um, you know, my responsibilities that I needed to take care of. But I realized, you know, I'm, I don't need to bargain with God. You know, I had people who even said, you know, if I wasn't part of certain things or that I would get pregnant, or if I did certain things, I would get pregnant. And this is not how God works. You know, yes, you are, you, there are blessings tied to your obedience. Don't get me wrong, but my fertility is in God's hands. And so I know that he has the final say. And I think I said this in um, another episode. And that's the fact that I know that I'm in a spiritual fight. And so my weapons of warfare is different. Um I'm doing everything that I need to do in the physical to make sure that my body is physically ready, but I'm also taking the necessary measures um, from a spiritual standpoint to make sure that I am ready to receive the gift that God has for my husband and I. So I had to come to the place and realize and say, you know, I'm not saved by my works. You know, Christ died on the cross on Calvary for my sins. Um, I am whole. I am restored. I am renewed by his blood. And I profess Christ. I am a believer. And so I know that there are certain things that I have planned out in my life that may not match up with God's God's timing. And so I had to um, come to a place where I was at rest. Um, and that's going to come to the close when, when I talk about acceptance, but I had to realize like bargaining wasn't going to get me anywhere. I knew what I had to do. I needed to do it. And, um, I needed to take the measures necessary to, um, make sure I'm, I'm successful and make sure I'm in line with where God wants me to be and what God wants me to do in this season. But I had to get out of that rut of bargaining Um, because if we're totally honest, there are plenty of people who are doing the wrong thing and they're still conceiving. Um, You know, I was really down on myself for, you know, quite some time because my hormones were so imbalanced and I had gained so much weight. And I'm like, oh, my God, the reason why I'm not, you know, getting pregnant is because of my weight gain. And there are people who weigh way more than me and they have you know pregnancies and they have beautiful children and they're fine through their whole process and so I had to get out of that rut of um having those type of thoughts and you know really in essence um talking down to myself like if you turn on the news you see that innocent children are being given away by their parents uh and if you look at the process of conceiving, the process of carrying a child, the process of birthing a child and how it is it is a miracle. And you see that there are parents who, you know, abandon their children, who mistreat their children, um, who abuse their children. And if you look at maybe what they have um, gone through or, you know, what they're 
their resume says or whatever, um, we as society would say, okay, like maybe they shouldn't have been parents, but God blessed them with a child, you know? And so I had to get out of that rut of being so down on myself and saying, hey, this is where I'm at. I'm not perfect. I'm not better than anyone. Um, but if God can bless one, he can bless me. And so I had to change my thoughts and what I was saying to match up with the word of God. So bargaining is a weaker line of defense to protect us from the painful reality. And guilt often accompanies the uh, sense of bargaining that we do in the grieving process. So we start to believe that there was something we could have done differently. And there's oftentimes where we could have done things differently, but you know, don't let that be the driving force um, to make you feel guilty or feel ashamed of where you are. Uh, with my first miscarriage, I was really, really down on myself. Like, wow, if I had my hormones balanced, if I was, you know, not stressed, um, I would have a baby. And what I realized is all of that, all of those ways of thinking, all those thoughts, all those words that I was, the, I was saying was not in line with the word of God. And so I had to really change my thought process and change the way that uh, I spoke about the season that I'm in um, and really came to a place where I really speak life over uh, my current season. And the fourth one is depression. And so <sighs> depression is more than just having a sad day or being sad. It's a constant state of mind. And it's, you know, feeling that you're unworthy, isolating yourself and not having the de determination or having aspirations of moving forward and looking um, forward to the future. And during my journey of being in fertility, I have definitely experienced depression, um, times where I just was going through the motion. Um, and like, seriously, like, I know we were, we've been saying this phrase for quite some time, but, you know, check on your strong friend. Um, as I was going through my miscarriages, I was a support system to many. I remember my first miscarriage, as I was going through that process, um, I was volunteering. Uh, during my second one, it was a very emotional weekend um, because I was having yet another miscarriage. And it was the same weekend that my nephew was being christened. So um, it was emotional for a number of reasons, but I was there as a support and um, I enjoy and ha have enjoyed being there and being able to support other individuals. But as you are listening, you may not be going through this season or you may not be going through the stages of, uh, grief. You can still see the signs. And so I want to challenge you to, check on your strong friend, check on that individual that's always there for everyone else um, and be there for them. And I think that's very important uh, because there were definitely moments when I felt that I was forgotten and I was going unnoticed. Um, but God always sent 
at least one person to um, be there for me or to speak life over me um, or to give me a word of knowledge to get me through the phase that I was going through or the stage I was going through. And finally, acceptance. And um, this is definitely where I am at now. Uh, It's not that I have accepted that I will not have children. I want to be clear uh, because I believe I will experience the miracle of childbirth and become a mother. Uh, But I have accepted that this is part of my story. (laughs) Um, And going back to the denial phase of why me, I can't believe this is happening to me. I had to tell myself, why not? Uh, Time and time again, God has really used my story, my testimonies to encourage other people and to encourage not only those that are close to me, but even as I think back to my near-death experience, uh, that testimony really impacted a lot of people in that time period. And even till this day, um, it definitely impacts other people. So I had to realize that this was part of my story. And this very platform started from a very dark place, a very dark season um, of my life. And it has turned into something so beautiful. Um, In my moment of pain, I have found purpose. And through my purpose, I have had the opportunity to be there for so many women who are in this season and they are silent. They are in the shadows and I have had the opportunity to be the voice and I do not take that lightly at all uh I remember when God gave me the logo for this podcast and I was just like what like what am I gonna do with this and how everything has unfolded and almost a year has been mind-blowing to me and so I had to realize hey this is part of my story this is part of my process of where I'm going, this is part of my process to my promised land. And so I had to accept the good, the bad, and the ugly. (laughs) So um, because I was experiencing so much grief, uh, in 2019, I was really low-key and um, wasn't around a lot of people. And, you know, going through uh, a series of... um, you know, doctor's appointments, blood work, and all these things, I just had to take a step back, you know, taking on, um, you know, all these different type of medications to try to, you know, figure things out. And that in turn, uh, turned into, you know, weight gain. And um, I just didn't feel comfortable. So I really kept to myself last year. Um, and really towards the end of last year, I want to say, like, basically October on, um, October of 2019 on, I really walked into the chapter of acceptance. And I realized this is part of my story and I need to change how I react to it. Uh, I needed to stop putting off plans because, oh, you know, I can't go here. I can't do this because I might be pregnant. Um, and I took the advice of one of my good friends, Ugama, who said, you know, Donnie, I don't want you putting off travel plans. I don't want you putting off your goals or aspirations anymore. Just plan. Uh, If you have to get a refund for a plane ticket, get a refund. Um, You know, if you're eight months pregnant and you're planning to go to some conference, you can't go, you know, get a refund on your ticket, get a refund on your flight and or just be okay of not getting a refund. 
Um, and so be it, you know, but live in the present. And uh, this really challenged me in the past six months to really live in the present, to be more around um, individuals, to be more engaged um, and really just go back to my old self, you know, and, and um, my, my mantra for my life is life is beautiful. And so I need to live life in order for it to be beautiful. And so I really have taken that on as a goal of mine in this year to, to live life and, and to celebrate and to be happy um, over the weekend, I had, you know, assisted someone with a, a baby shower and then attended a fundraiser. And so, um, you know, running joke is I'm always, you know, at a function and as at an event at a, uh, at a party. And so, um, most of the times it's because I'm helping and setting up, but, you know, I've really have kind of broken out of my shell and said, you know, this year, I really just want to, uh, live in the present moment and, uh, live life. And so I am at this stage of acceptance and I welcome it with open arms. Um, I'm not sure when things will come into fruition for my family and I, but I believe and I know that I am fertile and I am walking in fertility. So hopefully this episode provided some insight to grief and um a, pretty much a little bit of a status update of where I am uh, in this journey. And if you are dealing with grief and it may not be with um, infertility, it may be a, a loss of a loved one, loss of a friendship or a relationship, please feel free to reach out um, and I can provide you know any resources or any assistance um, to my capacity. And also a very good friend of mine, a family friend, um, her Dean Mercier has started a podcast and it's on this very topic about grief. And her podcast is uh, entitled Redefining Grief. And so I encourage you to check that out as you just you know took this leap of faith and started this podcast entitled Redefining Grief. And it's definitely a topic that needs more exposure, just like infertility, um, needs more exposure and more individuals talking about it um, in order for it to be a conversation that is normal to have. So again, uh, I hope that Along the way, uh, this has provided you some insight on the grieving process and also a quick update of where I am now. And I'm definitely walking in a season of acceptance and knowing that this is part of my story. This is part of my journey. I know years from now, I will look back on this and um, be so proud that I persevered through a very difficult season and be so grateful and thankful for the individuals that are part of my uh, tribe and part of my uh, support system to get me through uh, this journey. So until next time, ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.